You are listening to Black Sports 980. Welcome back. It's Black Sports 980. I'm your host, Laws. We in the building. It's me and Aaron sitting in the cockpit today. We driving a plane. Uh, D on vacation. Uh, Jeff will join us in a little bit. Um, but you know, it's been a it's been a while. It's been a week since we've been on here last. And last time we was on here, uh, you know, we were talking sports and a whole bunch of other stuff. And then all hell broke loose. Seemed like in, in the course of one week. And it just, uh, you know, a lot of things was going on uh, in our world, in our society, and it's still still going on right now. And um, I mean, many people are aware of the uh, deaths that occurred um, last week in um, Alton Sterling and Philandro Castile. Um, you know, first I'd like to just send my condolences. You know, all, all I'm sure everybody on here want to send condolences and prayers to the families and victims of Alton Sterling and Philandro Castile. And then, you know, of course, for the, the slain officers in Houston, you know, our prayers go out to them uh, too as well. Uh, last week was just a difficult week. Uh, I don't know if it was for you, Aaron, but it, it definitely was for me, um, you know, having to watch senseless murders of two African-American men because of cowardice and fear, you know what I'm saying, on, on, the, on the parts of, of the police officers. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one brother told the cop he had a permit and he still aired him out. Like, I, yeah. Joe was crazy to me. Um, and then following that, I feel like, you know, it wasn't hot. What was it? Was it like a couple days later or a day later when the, when the dude shot at the cops on uh, in Houston? Yeah, I think it was two days later. Yeah, so so two days later, you know, we get another tragedy that ensues with the death of five police officers. And I mean, it's a shootout. What at what is supposed to be a peaceful protest, um, you know, with all different people from you know all different groups um, protesting, you know, uh, the things that are going on in our world. Um, and you know, I, I'm definitely not for violence in, in any capacity. You know, I know like. You know, live by the sword, die by the sword. You know, killing begets more, just more killing, and it's just really senseless. Um, the whole thing, you know, really saddens me because it's just a reminder that you know the dream that Martin Luther King had has still not become a reality. You know, what I'm saying in 2016, we're still experiencing residual effects of slavery. Um, it saddens me. It saddens me to hear, like, turn on the news and just hear damning rhetoric. Um, against the innocent people and then justification of the actions of the guilty people. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, hearing <laughs> out some people, you know, I listened to uh, Rush Limbaugh last week and while I was listening to it, it was just amazing to me, you know, the the mindset of a lot of, a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? That it's these type of violence or s- killings that, that occur are brought upon by the, by you know, African-American people themselves. And it just, it really hurts and saddens me that, um, you know, that's still the position and still stands of, of so many people, you know? Um, they're not willing to look at the biases that that's like clearly there. Um, you know, or when people say, 
you know, oh, he shouldn't have reached or he shouldn't have done this or he shouldn't have done that. You know, that joint really just boils my blood because it's an attempt to defend the actions of the guilty, you know? And to me, these cops involved, you know, they murdered these people in cold blood and they should not be on vacation. They should not be on paid vacation trying to figure out as they investigate, they should be locked up in a cell, in a jail somewhere while the investigation is taking place. You know what I'm saying? If I go out and commit a crime, Aaron, you know, or I do something, I'm under investigation. I'm not going to be on paid vacation. I'm not going to be at home chilling. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's just the facts. Um, And, you know, even after having visual evidence, you know, it it just saddens me that, you know, they err on the side of um, giving the police officers the benefit of the doubt when it's clear that these, these young people were just murdered. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, another thing, and, and I, I know I'm on my, uh, I know I'm on a, on a little little mini rant, but you know, it's just so much that's built up. It saddens me that they're pitting the Black Lives Matter against Blue Lives Matter. First of all, what the hell is Blue Lives Matter, young? To me, to me, that's 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 tasteless. It's insidious. It's an insult aimed at devaluing the lives of African-Americans. Let me just be clear. Cops in America have not been brutalized for centuries. They have not been hung from trees, stripped of their identity. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, cops are a makeup of people of all races and ethnicities and nationalities. Why? Why are these two competing you know what I'm saying? Like competing ideas. And why is the media pushing those two ideas against each other? To call All that does is cause more division. You know what I'm saying? Like people are looking at the wrong enemies. If, if we want to look at the real true enemies, the enemies is the media because of the uh, all the images that are being shown, the rhetoric that, that's being used uh, for, for different parties. It's interesting to me that cops being slain took precedence over the two African American young people that were that were that were killed in the streets, it just it really like I mean if people want to be upset and have you know that's where they need to need to start because we could have change if the media wanted to put forth uh, statements and ideas and things that promoted peace and unity they could easily do that and then the recip- the uh, the byproduct of that would be peace amongst the people you know what i'm saying and and it and it, and it, it saddens me so bad that you know when these things these things happen you know people who speak out against it they're being punished people who are standing up saying this is wrong they're being punished they got their microphones and them you know what i'm saying in their face while the people who committed the murders who are you know physically responsible for this whole thing they're on paid vacation somewhere and nobody knows where they are. Do you know, Aaron? Have you have you even heard the names of the police officers who committed these murders? I have, and that's only because you know I make an effort to find out what that information is when stuff like that has happened. But I haven't seen their names all across the screen or pictures of them at all. <laughs> like, in the, I haven't in the seen that. Like I ain't even seen these Batman's faces since the the videos came out. Like you know, I haven't seen where the media crews outside of their homes. Like, why aren't there media trucks outside of their homes? You know what I'm saying? Asking them a bunch of questions. Um, you know, even looking at TV, you're seeing these images of people, uh, you know, protesting. And you got 40, 50 cops out there in the line, you know, with the barricades. And they 
grabbing people up and taking them away. I mean, these are unarmed people just out there just protesting. You know what I'm saying? And even those images are, can can some degree be a de, be a deterrent to the change that we want we want to happen. You know what I'm saying? We want we want to see in this this world. Um, one thing I do know is that before these police officers decided to kill this young man or whatever, kill these these two young men, I'm sure there was rhetoric that they said. I'm sure there were actions that that preceded even these events occurring. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we as people, people are afraid. I mean, I read this this story in a paper the other day, or like it was like Huffington Post or something about a cop who spoke out against the cops that he he witnessed them doing something unlawful. You know what I'm saying? And he brought it up and he said something and he couldn't hold it on his conscience. And it's like they they basically blackballed him and what? you know what I'm saying, got got him up out of there and, and basically forced him out of the out of the police force. And this was a Baltimore because of he just stood up for what is right. And, you know, protests are good. Rallies are good because they bring awareness. But, you know, in 2016, we had a media. So that really you, you people are aware. People are aware. But it's going to take people being willing to sacrifice. You know, I mean, if even 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 our white brothers and sisters who who are out here, if you are in a line or you're you're at the grocery store, you're anywhere, and you see privilege being extended to you, and it you see it's not the same for someone else, like speaking up against that, calling that out, not just letting that just go fly, like oh man, that jumps tough. And I mean, truth be told, we all we all have like seen certain things before and, and may or may not say nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? We see people get treated unfairly or things happen. You know, I, I think that that's what really needs to take place. I mean, even even from a police standpoint, this culture of, you know, not not turning on a, on each other and all of this, like when people, you know, basically it's a, a safe haven to do wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that there are a lot of good cops out there. I do. But I also believe that there's a culture to conceal things and to keep things in-house and to, you know what I'm saying, be closed-lipped about things that are clearly wrong. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to take some strong individuals to be willing to maybe put their, their... their reputation on the line, their job on the line, in order to put a chink in the armor of this culture that basically is a safe haven for this, these evils. Like, it, it's just going to have to come, it's just going to have to be that, you know what I'm saying? And I think that everybody ha- has biases, everybody has different things, but, you know, like D.O. Hughley, that bad would be talking the truth, though, sometimes. I mean, no, he's a comedian, but he said it best, young. He was like, we all have biases and fears, but we cannot let the biases and fears overrule our humanity and compassion for others. Yeah. Like, that's a deep statement, though. Like, when, when will we as a society, you know, not let the different things, because everybody has bias, you know what I'm saying, or or different things in their mind, judgments that they make, but when we will not let those overrule our compassion for people, for human beings, you know what I'm saying? I just I just pray and hope that we can we can get to that place. You know what I'm saying? Then on the flip side, you talking about gun control and stuff like that. And and you know, I know I, before I even say the Bama's going to see now. I know uh what's his name, young? Uh Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory, dog. I mean, God bless him though. I mean, I, God bless him. But he going to see now. But one of the things he did say that I totally 100% agree with Obama said that they should have insurance for guns. 
and say every cop have to be insured. So we take out policy. Everybody carry a gun. Have to be insured. Huh? The first time you violate that, you lose your license. If you're a cab driver, you can't drive, you can't, if you ain't got no license. Then your behavior changes. Hmm? Make you like me. Make you have to be careful about the people you do like. Hmm? And every cop, they children should go to school for free. For kind of, you got to give them something that they can't afford to lose. It's that simple. You drive down the street, you get five moving tickets, you lose your license. That's what make you stop for that stuff. And I, at first when he said it, I was like, you know, I'm like, hold on. Guns should be insured. We have cars insured. We have homes insured. We have stuff. So if there's a misuse of something, you know what I'm saying? Then that's, it, it comes from your insurance. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I believe that is a good solution that somebody needs to take to... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Legislation, put that joint on paper and, and and put that to legislation because that I think that that is that is a, a good, you know what I'm saying, a good way in which to govern it. You know what I'm saying? If you're not going to have it to come out of these police pensions or different things like that, you know, um, I think if they were to come out of the police pensions, if 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 negligence or these certain things would have to come from their pension and then would would cost people something I think they would they would handle it with more care the authority and responsibility that cops have should be handled at the highest regard and highest care and the thing is I know people like man you don't know or it may be police officers who listen to our, our program or whatever I don't know but my dad was in law enforcement so I know like you know what I'm saying what is what is like I mean we would, he, we would go out and we would sit in the car my dad would be like son uh like, we got to be careful, you know what I'm saying, out here because I may see someone that I put in jail locked up. Like, it's real for police officers out here. Like, it's real. Um, and I understand they're going into hostile situations. But, you know, there definitely needs to be a mind and compassion for the people as you're going to address these, these issues. If you're a black police officer in a white neighborhood and you have biases towards white people, you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be governing in that neighborhood. You shouldn't be a police officer. You think you can do this to me? This is facts. And vice versa. If you if you, you fear, you know what I'm saying, black people, or you don't feel comfortable in that environment, you haven't lived around them, you haven't, haven't been uh, exposed to black people in black culture, and you know, you may, may have biases towards them or hatred towards them, then you don't need to be in that neighborhood. You don't need to be in that profession. And that's just that's just real talk. And then there's a demographic of people who really just don't know. They just in in the, in the blind spot, and they have never really evaluated evaluate maybe some of the prejudice or biases that they have. And if if that's a per, if that's you or somebody out there, then you know this is a if nothing else, this is a time to like look, yeah, like look introspectively. You know what I'm saying? At yourself, at your life, and what biases you hold, and <laughs> okay, and how we can change those things. Because yeah, I mean, we just—it's time, man. Yeah, it's—it's it, it, it's overdue. It's overdue. Um, 
it's overdue. And I mean, that's pretty much my 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 11 cents on the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? And uh you know, like I said, I'm I, of course I want I want peace above all everything. You know what I'm saying? I want people to 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 be able to just get along, you know what I'm saying? And and uh just just be unified, you know what I'm saying? And uh basically from from that situation, you know, that we had last week, um, people have been very vocal, yeah. standing out and doing different things, protesting and stuff. Uh, one of the people, uh, the WNBA team out in Minnesota, the Minnesota Lynx, they took a stand against Injustice Saturday night by wearing these T-shirts during their warm-ups that read, uh, change starts with us, justice and accountability. Um, the team star player, Maya Moore, was the spokesperson for the for the whole, you know, the whole thing. And um, she made a statement and she was saying, if we take this time to see that this is a human issue and speak out together, we can greatly decrease fear and create change. Um, and so, she, you know, she basically made, had that, that that statement and and four off duty police officers ran out of the uh, when it left a post. Because, you know what I'm saying? Because of what, what they were doing, I guess, as far as a protest. But, like, my question is, why? Why? I, I, don't, I don't understand why people are, like, get af- offended by people wanting change for the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it just, I, I just don't, I don't get it, man. I don't, I don't get it. And, um, you know, like I said, it saddens my heart to think about it. That there, there, there are people in this world that are standing behind a door that can only open from the inside, and they have no desire to come out of it. Long, long, as long as the media is is controlling the narrative, then they controlling the outcome, and and people just need to know that. Um, what were you thinking? Huh? What do you you got anything to say about this whole situation? I mean, I probably have to tread lightly with uh, some of my probably unpopular <laughs> opinions I have about. You know what I mean? How some of this stuff can be resolved. But um, I feel like black people are just now coming into an information age where we realize everything you get from these supposedly mainstream news, um, like media conglomerates, isn't necessarily the truth. And I don't think that um, white people are there yet. And until they get to the point where they realize that everything you take from the news or from TV or from, you know what I mean? The general media isn't the truth. And a lot of times it's contrived behind the scenes to kind of dictate public opinion and the way you feel and believe about certain things. Then I feel like we're going to be at this point because we're still at a point where we have to justify dying by people who are supposed to be here to protect us. Like, I haven't seen, like you said, I didn't. I haven't seen them interview the police officers that fired the shots one time. But I've seen yesterday where they had the girlfriend who actually recorded the video, and they were asking her in the interview, like this is a national TV interview. Are you sure? Like, are you sure he didn't do anything that would have caused the police to like pull the trigger? And it's like, at what point are we going to stop getting tried, convicted, and executed? all on like some curbside or in a car like we don't deserve the right to you know what i mean if we let's say we committed a crime let's say like they said the the taillight was out or he was selling cds and he wasn't supposed to be there or he didn't have a permit like whatever the case may be 
Like, I feel like we deserve a day in court just like anybody else. But it's always people justifying, oh, well, if he if he hadn't, you know what I mean, resisted or if he didn't run or if he didn't do this or do, didn't do that, where if it was the same thing in their community, it would be outrage nationally. And it's, it's just ridiculous at this point. And we're beyond the point of trying to convince people that don't look like us, you know what I mean, what the truth is. Because at this point, the information is available. And if you choose... You know what I mean? To be on the other side, you're just choosing to be ignorant and racist and there's no other way around. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, I told people it's like, you know, I had some analogies. It's like, you know, you know, for the, the privilege, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot. There, let me just be clear, because there, there are there are white people who understand and there are white people who who are advocating to to, you know, to the fairness of all people. And, and, and are really out on the front lines and calling it out and doing a lot of different things, yeah. you know. But there's there's still a large demographic in America who who cling to their privilege. They realize that their glasses are clean and that we're looking through hazy, dirty glasses. And we're like, here, take our glasses, look through them, look through them, like you can see all the dirt. And they say, you know, yeah, we can see the dirt on your glasses, but we don't we don't want to wear your glasses. Like you know what I'm saying, like. I'm good with my my clear glasses. You know what I'm saying? Because it it, requ- it requires um, it requires a lot. It, it requires work. You know what I'm saying? And definitely, people are on high alert right now. People are to some degree uh, awakened as far as emotionally. You know, but we we definitely have to realize where the the real threat lies. Like if you look at the owners of these these major news networks, um, you 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 look it up for yourself and tell me what uh, uh, what what I- ideal mindset they subscribe to. Yeah, that that that's your homework project. Just go look up look up the people who own these news networks and and, and you you tell me, um, you know what what Democratic Party they're behind, who they support, what. You know what I'm saying? What and, and then when you see the stuff that's put on these major networks, these major news networks, then you'll you'll be clear. You'll say, Oh yeah, that fits in line with that agenda. That goes with that narrative. And you can decipher the code easily. Um it's not it's not hard. It's not hard. Um it's not it's not hard at all. Uh Jeff just joining us. Yeah, we in a real talk, young. I mean, I might have to change this down to a news uh <laughs> <laughs> be okay to news. Be okay news today, young, because oh, we yeah. just hitting it hard. Because everybody has a role to play, you know what I'm saying? And with the voice, with the uh, platform that everybody has, you know what I'm saying? We got the little little be okay sports zone. We have our platform, but everybody has a platform. You might be at your job. It might be wherever to stand up for what is right, and that's what we just really trying to advocate for, like. And people all across, like someone, you know, media is going to try to put the cops against the people. And, and you see that on TV. It looks like this the, it's the cops against the people. It's like it's like they got cops against black people. And it's it, it's like, no, we don't want cops against black people anymore. Like we got that already. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we want a, we want a different narrative. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, you know, what, we, what is your thoughts on, on, on this past week's events? I mean, you know, just like, you know, everyone else, uh, as far as minorities and blacks go, <clears throat> you know, um, just unfortunate. Uh, but obviously none of us are surprised by it. I mean, it's been going on for 
hundreds of years. I mean, I think just the big thing in terms of one of the reasons that people don't, particularly minorities or blacks, uh, have issues with um, police officers is just, it just seems like you never hear any police officers ever, uh, you know, talk against other police officers, even if all of us know the actions are bad. And I think that plays a part as well into um, like, you know, Blacks uh, disdain for police officers. And of course we know all police officers aren't bad. No one would ever say that. But the fact that all of these things continuously, continuously happen and you never ever hear a police officer speak out against another police officer you know that's pretty ridiculous and um and that's all that's disturbing it's funny though that i i actually heard um like one of my friends was telling me like a girl he used to date she actually was going through the police academy and like the force at the time like and i guess one of the unwritten rules and um of the academy is you never speak out against a fellow police officer and I guess that speaks to, you know, a lot of the problems that we have today, because you figure if one of your partners is doing, you know, dirty stuff, you probably don't tell on them because you, you, you run the risk of basically being vilified and probably getting let go from the force. So, you know, those are a little bit of my thoughts on the issue. Right. Yeah, Jones crazy. What's ridiculous is, is that sounds like a gang, not a government funded operation. Right. <laughs> It's ridiculous. No, that's, that's Any other right. segment of the government, there's supposed to be all this transparency and all this visibility, and this is our taxpayer dollars, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to them, it's like a whole separate entity, and it makes no sense whatsoever. None. None. I mean, the thing about it is it's it's just so easy, man. It's just frustrating when you hear, um, you know, the constant debate that uh, it always seems like you're pitting blacks versus white from the standpoint that, when you say black lives matter, they're like, oh, all lives matter. But nobody ever said that all lives didn't matter, but we all see what's going on out here. So it's just like, like it's just funny how they play that narrative to try to switch things up. And, it, and it's pretty ridiculous because like, you know, how are you gonna go ahead and put words in people's mouths that they didn't say? So that's the thing that, you know, frustrates me to no end. And of course we're here because, you know, all these years later, because it's one of those things that kind of keeps getting kicked down the, you know, the, keeps getting kicked to the curve. Like we never want to speak on uh, racial issues, and it's just like kind of like, oh, it's one of those things you don't speak about. So, and that that's a big problem though. Why we're here today, no one ever wants to talk about it. Yeah, I, I mean, plus you know the world that we live in is so PC, right? Like, it's so like, oh, oh, oh. I'm just, but, yeah, bruh. PC to kill innocent people. That's the sad part. To kill innocent people in the street is is PC. Right. More so than criticizing a cop. So a right. cop's, you know what I mean? Like a cop's feelings is more important than a black person's life. Yeah, it's mm. is it's, that what we say? It's it's crazy uh, when you think about it. I don't I don't know if you all, um, you know, kind of tried to go over like or or discuss preventative measures before I I got hit, got on, but. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they would do, but my thing, like in the whole Minnesota thing, like the guy said up front, 
that he was licensed to carry and he told you before like i'm i'm, I'm you asked him to get the ideas he's giving you the heads up look i have it so you're not you're not shook but i, I am gonna get my id and then you bust him anyway like I, I mean i don't understand i don't know whether it's something where they need to anytime you get pulled over like before the cop even gets to you you need to have like your license and registration in the window because it's clear that the cops are scared of blacks i mean because it's no other way to describe it because anytime like the most like normal move or like a subtle move the cop is bussing it only speaks to he shook and he shouldn't be a, a cop in the first place like if that's your first reaction like that's another human being and like you just busting off your gun because they moved a little bit when clearly you always have the advantage and you can see like your gun is already there and drawn most times like you couldn't like you know give them a bit more time i just don't understand the whole thing so i mean it's yeah, pretty but, but and the thing is you you know the excuse is i was fearing for my life well if you're a cop you gotta power. fear for your life every single day don't go to work at all every not one day <laughs> don't even do go to work else? no because 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 the profession that you're in requires that you not be fearful you know what right. I'm saying? It requires that you have some resolve. It requires that you 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 be able to be calm under under pressure and in and in uh intense situations and intense moments. You know what I'm saying? And and make sound judgments. And right. it, I mean it's if it's, if, it's, if in a situation where it's it's broad daylight, it wasn't like it was nighttime, you right. couldn't see, you know, like I mean, there's there's factors that go into, you know, traffic stops and all that that type of stuff, but you know. But it's broad daylight. Now, if if that same situation would have occurred, he never mentioned to the, the cop that he had, you know what I'm saying, had a gun or whatever, and then, you know, that was the, the, the reaction, you know, and he was reaching, and then he had a gun in the car, and we didn't know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it changes the story, but if, if in fact he did communicate that, that's murder. That's murder. Yeah, now nah, I'm with you, man. I, I don't understand. I mean, because my thing is, like, they they're treating like they're treating like black men, like we're Jason Borg out here. Like, like you're gonna be able to grab the gun and cuff it underneath your underarm or whatever the case, and bust shots before the officer can like, nah, you know, bust on you if that were required. Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, none of these situations is ever close at all. Like you've never seen not one of these incidents where like the where the where like a, a, a black guy pulled out a gun or had a gun and the officer had to shoot him and then the gun fell to the side of him or anything like that. That's never the case at all. So like I just don't understand how you know this just continues to happen and like you said they can constantly claim you know I fear for my life or this and that when none of the videos that we ever see is any situation where the officer was truly in danger. So like, that's the thing I, I just don't get and understand. Like I said before, it just saddens me, man. It, it, it saddens me that it's 2016. I, what would it be like if we didn't have cameras or we didn't have these video evidence? Right. I mean, we're trying to explain with visual evidence and this stuff has been going on. Just think about how many how many people this has happened to or this is you know these injustices have occurred to without visual evidence you know what i'm saying i pray it stops man i pray it stops but you know with the narrative being placed the way it is 
I, to me, I don't really see, um, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know what I'm saying? Donald Trump has incited a lot of this division between the, the white and black community. You know what I'm saying? But, but, and you say that and people are like, what are you talking about? No, there's, there's black crime in the black communities and all this stuff. Like they just dump it all together. Like it's our fault. Like it, it, it's our fault. And I know all white people don't feel this way. I, I Like I know that for a fact, you know what I'm saying? You can't give them a pass, Harold, because we're at the point now where gay people can get married. It wasn't black people that got that to pass. It's a lot of other stuff and a lot of other people who are considered minorities whose rights have been on a piggyback, who, who, whose rights have gotten passed, basically piggybacking off of the uh, civil rights movement and black rights. But once they get what they need, then all of a sudden they disappear. And when stuff like this happens, nobody has anything to say. If they wanted black people to be treated the same way they are, then we would be treated the same way they are. It's not enough of them. Right. Mm. I mean, it's it's just one of them things where, I mean, it, you know, I hate to say it, you know, I like I'm not like some PC guy, but I, I try to keep it pretty clean. But like a few weeks ago, um, it might have been one of them times I missed the show, but like my girl, she had never done like a, a DC day, um, like as far as like checking out all the monuments or whatever. And, you know, we were down there checking everything out and I was just telling her, like, I mean, all this is cool and all, but it doesn't hold the same, I guess, weight that it had when you were younger and you were learning about it. Because when you become older and you know the history and you know all those things, like, you know how it was for black people and the fact that in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, like within the second line, it says that, like, you know, all human beings or, you know, everybody's created equal. But I mean, and, and we know how long ago that was written. I mean, it was BS then. And here we are hundreds of years later and nothing's changed. So, I mean, it's just unfortunate, man. Like, and it makes it a, a situation where it seems like, you know, one race is against the other. And it doesn't even have to be that way, because if you're intelligent, we all understand that every person of a given race doesn't mean that the rest of the people act the same way. Like that's just an individual and it's that way for everybody. So I just, it's just unfortunate that the country was set up the way it is. And, you know, it's still, you know, things reign true to where, what they were back then, you know, it's still the same way today. So that's just the sad part about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's that's just that's just is what it is, man. It is what it is. My my prayer is that we can all come to love one another, um, you know, and 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 be able to have the ideal that Martin Luther King had a dream about. You know what I'm saying? And in some respects, we we have visualized some parts of the dream, but we like we not in deep realm anymore. But we just like we like that little hazy dream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we hey, we look, just barely girl. up. Real real quick, too, like something crazy that just happened this past week. And I just got, uh, you know, throw the story story on or whatever here. And, and it was ironic that at the time I was watching uh, Malcolm X, not the documentary, like the Spike, the Spike Lee Joan or whatever. But like my girl hit me like so she had like a, a girl's weekend um, this past weekend with uh, some of her friends down. And uh, she grew up near Rehoboth for about 20 minutes uh, outside of it. So they they went, you know, to the beach or whatever. And 
like you know all the neighborhoods kind of around the beach you know people that have money they own houses near the beach now she has a parking pass because when her parents retired um they they set up a side business where they like clean houses and things like that and they typically clean houses down there near the beach so when we go or anytime like she goes like she always parks in those neighborhoods because she has the parking pass so anyway on her way back from you know the girls you know hanging out down there like i guess some white guy you know kind of creeped up on him and and said to her and one of her friends like whispered in her ear like hey look you know um you know, like whites aren't really feeling blacks. Like, I don't think it's a good, good idea that you all are down here. He's an idiot. Don't listen to this. He's an idiot. All right. That's what we got to say about that. You know, he's an idiot. So my girl kind of looked at her and her friend looked at her like, like, what are you talking Like, first of all, like, no one is tripping off of that. Like, why are you following us? Like, get on the other side of the street. And one of her friends who's like, you know, real, obviously, like she actually, she works for the NAACP and all. She didn't hear oh. it initially. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, she didn't hear it initially, but she kind of got wind on what was going on. And, you know, she kind of started to go off, and it was crazy. And everyone's like, of course, that's what he wanted you to do. But, you know, they were they were kind of like, uh, you know, like kind of just watching the guy to make sure he wasn't following him. But, you know, that's crazy. Like, this is still happening in 2015. Like, Bruh. like like somebody will whisper in your ear, like like getting look, like you not in the right place though. That's crazy. Look, look, when I last weekend I went down to Williamsburg, you know, and I'm an avid golfer. I mean, all right, I'm shooting under a hundred. And I'm 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 alright on most days. I so it's I mean, we're in Williamsburg, we had this this resort and it's I mean the course is nice. It's a PGA course that PGA players play, you know what I'm saying? And um so I'm like, you know, the family's doing stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm about to go ahead and hit, like, maybe do nine or 18. We'll see how, you know, I'm playing by myself, so I'm just trying to go through it. So I go inside, I pay. The joint is a pretty penny. Like, the joint costs bread to do it. Talk to the dude, I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you just take your bags out there, and, you know, he'll bring the cart around. So I go back to my car. I come out the front door, right? The, the dude out there is an older white guy, maybe like maybe late 50s, early 60s. He sees me come out of the front. So he comes and he meets me in my car and he he's like, yeah, sir, can I help you with your bags? Whatever. I'm like, all right, yeah. So put the bags on the car. He drove me around over to the like the, the first hole. So then I get off the car and he's like, yeah, he's like, you got to go in, inside and uh and 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 you gotta go pay and then you can then come out and then i'll uh, take you out to the first court i was like well i already paid bro like you know what i'm saying i'm good see right here i pulled out the receipt you can see the amount on the receipt you can see you know what i'm saying a little tag he's like well the guy that's supposed to be out here he's not out here so you gotta just like go inside and go up front so i was like why like, I mean, I can stop myself. Like, I don't need anybody. He's like, nah, nah, you just, I just gotta, we just gotta make sure before you, you go out there. I was like, make sure what? He's like, we just, we just trying to make sure that, uh, you know, that everything is squared away and it is good. I said, like, make sure what is squared away that I paid. If you want to know if I paid, you can look at my receipt right here and see that I paid. So he was like, nah, nah, nah. I, I, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Yeah. So I said, okay, you can make sure. I'm not walking back up there. So you can make sure. So he goes up there. He like, listen to the guy. And then you can see the dude through the window. Like, like he's good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like why? Yeah, you, let him why go. Like, yeah. Right 
yeah. So I come back out and then he's like, oh, okay, he gives me the thumbs up. Like, yeah, you're good, you're good. I'm like, come on. Like, that's what we're dealing with in 2006. That's the type of racism that occurs. It's, it's very subtle. It's a, you don't belong here. It's a, you know, it, it it's, I, I just, I mean, I mean, to some degree, I understand. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is listen to listen to Rush Limbaugh for a whole one whole week, and you'll understand a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? But uh, crazy. I just if someone yeah. if, if if like a black person get through Rush Limbaugh for a whole week, like they probably deserve like some type of like gift or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> you got, like, a, hey, bro, Black Sports 980 T or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no bull, dog. Hey, yeah, nah, real talk. If you make it through a whole week. <laughs> without without turning Joan off and Kirkin, because surely I but, but I, I did that for perspective because I want <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying I want to I want to I want to make sure I wasn't missing anything I want to make sure I understand the perspective of you know a large demographic of people because he, he I mean he's a popular he got a popular show so was, you know as I'm listening to, I'm like well it got people got to be listening to it or supporting that message and it has to be a large number of people because it's still on the radio you know what I'm saying so. It, it, yeah, it was it was it was tough, dog. You know what I'm saying? It goes up there with some one of the hardest things I've done in, in my life, dog. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it, it's crazy, but you know my prayer. Like I said, our prayers are out for the the police officers that were that were shot in, in Houston. Prayers go out to uh, all the families. You know, Alton Sterling, um, Philandro Castile. You know, and, and, and many others. You know many other victims and it's not even always death you can you can this cops have spoke out against wrongdoing and stuff so our prayers are uh, going out there for y'all too because it, it's tough to even stand up against the oppressor you know the, the oppressor and say something is wrong because you know a lot of times the, the everything comes back on you when you when you when you decide to be that that advocate for change You are listening to Black Sports 980. Thank you guys who tune in to the BLK Sports 980 podcast, representing the DMV. Right quick, just want to encourage you to please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you also follow us at BLK Sports 980 on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. You can even email us your thoughts, show topics, and more at BLKSports980 at gmail.com. Last but not least, let's spread this word. Now back to our show. But moving ahead, uh, after we done we done went through that, um, Tim Duncan retires, young. No! no! The big ticket finally put up the jersey uh, after 19 years uh, and five NBA championships, two MVP awards. Um, Tim Duncan, he, he hanging it up, man. Uh, one of the best to ever do it. Um, wait, wait. First of all, Tim Duncan probably the most fundamentally sound basketball player ever, ever. Um, the Baba nickname Mister Fundamentals. So you know already. Uh, where you rank? Where you rank Tim Tim Duncan on your on your uh, your all time young? He he cracking the top top ten or nah? You mean just power forwards or just overall all time? I well, we can make it easy if you do power fours. Power fours, where he at? I know he got to be top five power fours all the time. You go power four. 
You got yeah. If you go power fours, he wanted to. I mean, it's Charles Bogley and it's Tim Duncan, and you can you, think, you can you think in that order. Well, I mean, to me, well, I I got to put Timmy Duncan in front of uh, Charles right. Barkley, okay. not because of the talent, but because of the championships right. and the leadership. Right. So the, he gets an uptick for the leadership, even though he played, you know, he came in when he came in the league, Tim Duncan, he had David Robinson right there with him, you know, Avery, they had a squad, you know what I'm saying? Sean Elliott, like they had a squad, don't get it twisted, but through the course of his career, like Tim Duncan's been the ultimate professional. He's been the ultimate leader. You know what I'm saying? He's taking other players under his wing and, and coached them up. And he's been like an extension of Pop Popovich on the court for almost his entire career. And to me, that that says a lot, you know? Even though if he played Charles Barkley one-on-one, Charles Barkley probably would win. And Charles Barkley's 6'4". He should get an extra 500 bonus points for playing power forward <laughs> at 6'4". Yeah, nah, no bull, dog. All right, all right. But yeah, like I, mean, I said, it's interchangeable. What you what you got, Jeff? I mean, I I, I got, uh, like, in my all-time, like, I got I got Duncan number 10 all-time. Like, as far as power forwards, I mean, it's just one of those things where, I mean, you got to put them one. Like, even if you legitimately thought that Barkley was better. I mean, you got to put Tim Duncan one because of the culture that we live in. The culture we live in is the reason why KD went to Golden State. You know, so, it, you know, because it's about championships. So that's why even if you wanted to put Barkley one, it's hard to justify putting him one when he doesn't have any championships, let alone five that like Tim Duncan has. So, but... So power forward, I got him one all-time list. I got him number ten. Bet, 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 bet. Yeah, Tim, Tim Duncan, dog. He was a great, great player. Okay, how about this question? If you had to compare Tim Duncan to a football player, who who would y'all compare him to? Tom Brady. Tom Breezy? No way. What? Tom Brady? But like, I mean. Cause you gotta put you gotta put his his demeanor. You gotta put all that in context. The championships, I mean, all that in context. Cause for me, like, I got Tim Duncan. I will put him, and you gotta just hear me out, okay? Cause I know Obama's gonna be like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't hit me with the, the Russell Westbrook yet. But uh, <laughs> Chris Carter, that's my guy. Because I feel like. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Chris Carter was like a good route runner, sharp route runner. He was a, you know, a good professional. Nah, dog. Beside, Whoa. outside of his little, like, hold on, man. Outside of his little drug, his little drug addiction jump. I mean, I know, man, but come on, bro. I'm talking about like on the, I'm talking about on the field. He didn't get the championships either. I know, I know, I know. It's a bad, but I'm just talking about like. I, yeah, because, I, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm, trying, I'm trying to just keep it one. Like, I just think Chris Carter and Tim Duggan, like, just the type of players they they, they were when he on the field, they were. Or do you want to marginalize me till I'm out of my like, moment? It's really the fundamental aspect, the technic, the technicality of their their, their, their contributions to the, to the team and stuff like that. The coaching that they did, you know what I'm saying? That's, Jeff, where you at? Who you got? Aaron said Brady. I I, I can't. I'll explain I can't it when I'm. It's one of those things. Like I I would say I would say Manning before I said Brady. Um, 
I mean, because you're you're looking at someone who has done it year in and year out, and you know, like the numbers are there, the excellence is there, their percentage of winning is always there, but they didn't necessarily beat the big dogs. So I mean, I would actually say that Manning is a better comparison than Tim Duncan. And I feel like that also goes back into our like flip-flop as far as, far as it goes with Brady and Manning. Because right. the reason I say uh, Tim Duncan and uh, Brady is because um, my unpopular opinion that Brady's a system guy. I feel like all the things around Tim Duncan allowed his skills and his fundamentals and his consistency to equal out to what it did over the course of his career. Like, there's nothing flashy about it. It's nothing like he doesn't have any skills that are, like, off the charts or nothing that, you know what I mean, you were right home about, but his consistency and basically the, the, the way he played and showed up every night and just being consistent is what overall led to the wins and uh, the accolades that he's going to end up getting and stuff like that. Like, I don't feel like anything Tim Duncan did the same way I don't feel like anything Brady does. You'll look at him and be like, oh, my God, this is greatness, but... Once you add it up over the course of a, a 15, 20 year career and you look at the numbers and you look at the consistency and you look at the wins and you look at the championships, then it looks like, hey, this is this the greatest player of all time? When you're yeah, actually but, watching it, you never you, you're never really wowed by anything. That yeah, that Bama Tim Duncan was not exciting to watch at all. He wasn't. He was. See, the only thing, like I said, why I still don't feel the Brady is because even in Brady's over the earlier championships offensively. They didn't have any any dudes like that that you would go, go right home about like that as far as Brady offensively. Tim Duncan always had the other guys. Like, Brady offensively, when he led them drives and when he did what he did in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, he didn't really even have those type of offensive weapons until later on. And then they, st- and then they didn't even technically win. They didn't win anything with Moss. Of course, they went undefeated, but they lost in the Super Bowl. But he and had then, the game genie back there. You said what? That's when he was playing with the game genie. I mean, but come on, Aaron. We see, we seen Brady play. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Like, like it's just think- one. No one dog, he had the game genie, dog. That helped. When you you when you in the locker room before you come out and the Batman say, see these different these three pitches, right? When you see this. X wide open. Here's the thing. I personally think that Manning was greater than than Brady. And I think you think that too, Aaron, if I'm not mistaken. So from an like, ability standpoint, you mean Yeah, yeah, from yeah, overall yeah, yeah, yeah. talent, like ability and things. Yeah. I mean Manning played with like first of all, he, he won the Super Bowl and he had like, what five different head coaches? Or was it yeah. four? It was even four or five different head coaches, and he won a Super Bowl with two different franchises or what have you. And, you know, uh, and then his defense wasn't, you know, obviously what Brady's were. But with that being said, I'm not no idiot to know or to not know how great Brady is or has been. I mean, it's like the whole deflate gate thing. They say, oh, the balls are inflated, but they, but in the second half, you know, the balls, the balls paws were up to the full PSI. (laughs) (laughs) They were, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You already know you're getting the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> off of that joke, bro. You already know. I already know, man. As I was saying, I'm like, man, you know, this, is, this is not fair. You know, I have to say footballs every time. But anyway, so look, the foot, the footballs were, they had they were up to their full PSI in the second half, and he, and he torched them. So, like, Brady is great. 
regardless of anything that's said. Um, and, and, and he can be argued as the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, whereas, like, Tim Duncan, obviously he could be argued as the best power forward of all time. But like I said, I have him at number 10 on my list. And I think Brady would be higher probably than number 10 in the NFL's all-time uh, greatest list when it's all said and done. I mean, he's still playing, for goodness sakes. But you also got to keep this in mind, which is a huge, huge, huge factor when it comes to this. In the NFL, the quarterback is the guy. When you start rating, like, basketball, you saying he's the number one power forward, and then he barely makes your top ten. So if you're a guard, that helps you a whole lot as far as the overall conversation about your contribution to the team and your greatness. So that's, I think that's more of a factor than any of the, like, things you're naming as far as why. You know what I mean? Like Y'all Bama's done changed the argument. Y'all Bama's <laughs> out here, Brady versus... Uh, <laughs> Man and Jones. No, Dude, right, nice. right. I know two months. No, actually, we two months, exactly two months away from uh, the the start of the football season. So, yeah, just just hold that, hold that, uh, that hype, hold that hype. You know, we in a couple weeks. I'm just itching, but I don't want to do. I don't want to tack it too early. But we got the the fantasy Jones coming, young. So, you know, what I'm saying that's my bread and butter. After this, I, I'm gonna have to make sure everybody in my league don't don't play in my league because. I'm gonna be giving away gems, <laughs> gems. Uh, did anybody watch the? Y'all watched the the home run derby last night? It was a home run derby. See, go ahead. <laughs> 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 hey, yo, Miami, Miami Marlins outfielder uh, Gia, Giancarlo Stanton won a home run derby, um, and he hit well. I think a total of 61 bombs. Um, with 20 home runs in the final round because you know they kind of changed it up with the rounds and stuff uh, uh, he beat uh, the winner from last year Todd Frazier um, and I mean it's not really exciting I mean the Batman was crushing like he was crushing that jump like I mean that the, thing. Home, the thing is though the home run derby Ben fellow we all know that man like I, I like I started to watch it, then I'm like, come on, dog, like what are you doing? And I, and I had like it was like a talk to myself, and I was like, true, you right, you know. So like, it, like I couldn't watch that. It, it's just not the same. Baseball. Um, huh? It's baseball. Be- baseball is Beltway League in 2016. <laughs> I think that's what that we need to have a conversation on what baseball can do to get back to prominence, at least among. You know, this is Black Sports 980, so at least among blacks, because I just remember growing up and us having like Fred McGriff, Barry Bonds, Gary Sheffield, and the list goes on and on and on. And it's not really that many of us. And and, and if it's a and if it's a person that's a minority, they're not black. They're usually Hispanic. So that's what that's what the conversation really needs to be. Because yeah, the home run derby, and I think baseball among blacks isn't nowhere near the level. Or what it used to be. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's a that actually is a good a good uh, question, Jeff. Like, I don't, I would be interested in knowing the factors that have contributed to the, the decline, and you know, African Americans' investment in baseball. Because you know, even when I was coming up, I like it was a thing to like go play catch with your dad, like play mm-hmm. catch. But now that's been like supplanted by playing football catch or running routes or, you know what I'm saying? A lot of cases like soccer has become a little more, um, you know, popular and basketball, you know, that's every inner city kids, 
go-to move. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's basketball. So it's just, I, I mean, that's a good question, though. Like, if, if they showing the paychecks that these Batmans is getting, right. I don't know why nobody want to play baseball because all you got to do is go out there and jump pitch four innings and make $60 million. But so, this is the thing, though. It's just like lacrosse. It's just like golf. It's so it, the startup cost is so high for a lot of these kids. With basketball or football, all you need is friends and a ball, and a court, of course. But yeah. like when it comes to baseball, the gloves is like over hundred dollars. The bats are like three hundred dollars if you get like one but, of the good but, ones. I agree with that, but I, but I also say this: baseball is not one of the sports that you can play by yourself. Like you need like at least six. Seven, eight, nine, ten Bamas, they even like be, it'd even be fun. You know what I'm saying? Cause you can play catch, but so long you wanna hit, you wanna run bait, you know what I'm saying? So you you either have to be put into it, like as a kid. I mean, I played little league baseball and stuff like that. My parents had me in everything, so I I got a lot of exposure. But you know, from a black community, African American community standpoint, like I don't think that that's like one of the sports that parents are really putting their kids and involving their kids in early um they're involving them in you know in other stuff and or they're not involving them in anything and they're just playing the default sports that are available um to them but i i don't know man i don't know but uh nonetheless the nationals are cooking they they got six games up on the um the new york mets they won the last game that they played uh, on Sunday, and now they just they in the they basically in the uh, in the lead. Um, the All Star game is tonight. I think uh, Daniel Murphy, that bad looking like the MVP right now, batting three forty eight, seventeen home runs, sixty six RBIs, cooking. Cooked Rice it. is cooking. Uh, Cooked the match too, like yeah, he definitely did. Like that's his old team. He was like, "Oh, right. y'all want to let me go? All right, I got you." <laughs> yeah, but right now, Bryce and Daniel Murphy looking like Shaq and Kobe, right? For real, no bull. Like they looking like Shaq and Kobe in baseball right now. So hopefully they can continue to just build off of the momentum. Um, you know, Dusty, you know that Bama too cool. He out here just just chilling, you know. And I I feel really good about the postseason for the Nationals this year. Um, even better than I felt about the uh, the Capitals with you know with their early on success in, in the season. Uh, I, I, the baseball for me doesn't even get interesting or really matter until like you get to the last couple weeks of the season, like the last three weeks or where where the positions are being decided for like you know who's in the lead and who's gonna play who and stuff like that, and then you know the wild card playing game. Then that's when I'm really like I'm locked into baseball all the way. Um, right now, I, I mean, I see what's going on, but I'm not really, I'm not watching every Nationals game. Y'all been to a Nationals game yet? Well, I know Jeff, you ain't, you ain't even. Yeah, you not know. this year, not this year. I went, I went to one last year, but I haven't been to one. I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get out the one. I'm trying to go get, go, go to one. So maybe me, me and the missus, maybe me and me and the missus will get get together and make that happen. Um, you said you said you haven't you haven't been to the uh, to the new John Aaron? No. Yeah, nah, it's, the stadium is definitely, like, I mean, I like the whole idea of, like, you know, just stuff being downtown and not having to drive, the convenience, even though it could be a hassle on the metro, but once you, once it's all over with, it's such a convenience, like, that's the whole thing about, like, you know, RFK versus, 
you know, like the, uh, what's it, FedEx now or whatever. Like when they had to move it out due to money, like it just, it just sucks when you have to drive and that whole, that whole thing. So, I mean, it's definitely a nice stadium though. You gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah, y'all hear about uh, Blake Griffin might get traded? Celtics. I heard about it. To the Celtics, man? Well, well, what's the, what's the, what they giving that for it? Uh, Jay Crowder and some draft picks. That's what they're talking what? about, anyway. Oh, nah, they ain't gonna do that, though. They need, yeah, hey, they giving up draft picks. It gotta be multiple years. Like, you gotta be yeah. next year, first round, the year after that, first round, and then the year after that, like, second round or something like that. I mean, I, Blake I, Griffin I, is still young. I might need three first rounds for Jay Crowder. That's like for him. But it's it's supposedly a three team deal. I don't know what the third party team who they didn't mention is supposed to be add into the mix. Because yeah, Blake Griffin for Crowder and first round picks is irrelevant if it's not like a number one or number two pick. Because the NBA draft now is a crapshoot once you get yeah. past. Yeah, like, and if they was trying to do that, they should have did that during the draft. I guess they got past the draft. I was like, yeah, we don't want this Batman for real. And then but you they know just they, like. <laughs> They wanted to also, they probably thought they had a chance with KD. Once they realized that that wasn't a chance, I guess they kind of scrapping for straws now. Yeah, um, yeah, because the East and the East looking, the landscape of the East is totally different. Uh, it's totally different. So we're going to see what they do. At least they trying, young. What Ernie doing? What that Bama doing? Hashtag fire Ernie Grunfeld. How about that? Um, Oh, Dan, your boy, he cooking. He cooked last night. I know Ralph Sice right now. D'Angelo Russell, I bet I'm going to put the, the Snapchat behind him, young, and went out that joint and fried. And 26 Kobe points sick. in 24 minutes. I think he going to cook without Kobe this year. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, it's looking that way, dog. It's looking that way. I think I think the Lakers like they got they got some young talent. I mean, it's just a matter to see how it's gonna pan out. Because like you said, Russell Russell is poised to have a big against and Clarkson as well. Because Clarkson had a solid year with Kobe. So you take Kobe out the mix. I mean, they got a nice little backcourt and then Ingram. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, if Luke Walton. Uh, bring brings that philosophy of the motion and moving the ball. They should. I don't understand why he wouldn't. Um, but yeah, like Russell should have a Russell should have a nice solid season. Because so, so a me, lot of people think he should have made first team rookie uh, last year. Look, let me ask this question. Let's say he does have a good season. Let's say he cook. Mm-hmm. Let's say he he top point guard like top. Let's say top ten point guard in the league, and he really like jumps up from last year to this year. Um, I already know where you're going with no, that. You, no. you still going. You still you still throwing the, uh, the fishing line at Russell. You nope. still throwing the, the fishing line at Russell, or you? No, I I'm talking about Russell Westbrook. I know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Aaron? No. Russell so, can't, Russell got to be by himself with like some bigs or something like that. Or you know what I mean? He can't play with other scores, especially scoring guards. I mean, so it, so it's all contingent upon uh, D'Angelo's uh, how he plays this year. Because if he if he fries and it looks like he's the man or he asserts himself in that role, then you you let you let Russell Westbrook hit the open market and you don't even you don't even throw a line his way. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't, but I'm pretty sure they also come to the pressure. It's the L.A. Lakers, so. Um, we can we can expect them to make a run at him, but if I was in charge, yeah, I, I if 
if Russell does what I think he'll do, I, I I would pick him because he's already he's a better passer than uh, Westbrook. Sure, Westbrook finally averaged over double digit in uh, assists this past season, but like uh, Russell uh, D'Angelo, that is, he he's already like a naturally. Uh, gifted passer and he already can pass while he can score as well and Russell like Russell was always to score first guard that's always been the case and, and very athletic so um you know like I said for me what you having guys like Randall and Clarkson and uh obviously Ingram I don't know if I will bring Westbrook in there I, I don't know if you know that if he couldn't work with KD yeah, nah, you can't do that. You can't. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta rock with, you gotta rock with him. If he cooked this year and he plays well, you gotta rock with him. You can't really throw a throw a line at uh, Russell Westbrook's way. Yeah, but you know, if he if he if he doesn't develop to their liking, then you know they gonna throw they gonna throw all the Victoria's Secret at that bad man. Try to get him in. Um, just crazy. John Jones, this Bama failed another drug test. We ain't even gonna spend no time on this gun. Cause you're an idiot. He's an idiot. Don't listen to sh- he's an idiot. Failed drug estrogen estrogen blockers? What the heck is estrogen blockers, dog? He trying to mask the steroids. <laughs> That's what that is. Oh man, terrible. But we will, we will pay respects to Venus and Serena getting them W's. Holding down Wimbledon once again, um, you know, props and shout out to Serena. I mean, last time when we spoke last week, she was in the middle of going to the semis. And then, you know, of course, she just ran through the whole jump, ran through the whole demonstration, came out victorious. They won a double jump too. Yeah. Yeah, man. So they they got the game on lock. Uh, you think they're going to retire anytime soon? She like, Serena like 34, ain't she? Why? When you still cooking at it, and it's a solo yeah, sport. Like, it's not like you riding the back of your teammates or something like that. If you cooking, why not? Right. Because I, I heard uh, <laughs> I heard a report where they said that uh, like Venus was maybe thinking about it, and that Serena might retire when Venus retires. So that'll be something to watch because Serena, I guess, is you know two away from the all-time record, not just the open court air record, which a lot of people acknowledge as being the record anyway, but um, like she might want to stand alone. So, but we'll see what happens, like whether she'll retire when Venus retires or, or do it on her own. But that's what I've been hearing that she's going to retire when Venus hangs it up. Oh, well, yeah. Well, hopefully that's not for, for another five years. Cause I feel like they got another five strong five years and, and both of their tanks, to just really be dominant at the top of the game. Um, and, and me personally, like, I feel like even if you're not winning, but you're still like in the conversation as the best, like you should just keep playing. Cause once you shut it down, it's like, you're not trying to come back. Uh, you see, you see Ocho Cinco, he trying to be a coach for the, uh, for the Browns tweeted, tweeted at the uh, Browns talking about he want to be a receiver, wide receiver, route running coach. Would you hire that by they hiring all blacks. He might have a check. Yeah. He might have a check. First of all, Chad Johnson's route running was on 99. 99. Though, like, on the <laughs> that man was, that man was feet work was ridiculous, yeah. Him and Antonio Brown might got the most vicious feet work 
ever buy a wide receiver <laughs> like I ever seen on video, dog. Because them Bama's be doing the salsa dancing and all that. Like, <laughs> them Bama's feet work is, is impeccable. So, would I let him do route running? This is the thing. Which is, what's going to come with the route running? Because the Bama Ocho Cinco, he not as reckless as Gilbert Arenas. Because Gilbert Arenas, young guy, after last week, dog, when he did the OJ jump, he might be the most reckless athlete in the world. I didn't ever. even like see that. I didn't what? Dog, Jeff, this Bama said, first of all, I can't even repeat some of the stuff no, no. this Bama was doing. You got to send him a video. Don't tell him, man, because he's not, it's hilarious. Dog, you got to let him watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be weak, Jeff. You're going to laugh because you're, gonna, you're not going to, first of all, I didn't even know that the Bama Kilmer Arenas was this reckless. I mean, I know I heard about the stories. He doo-dooed in somebody's shoes in a lot of them. I heard the stories. He brought the guns and all. Like, I, I mean, you hear the stories, but you don't, you thinking the Bama just like, 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 like a Shaq type Bama, like you know what I'm saying, like a funny kid, like you know, do pranks and stuff. No, the Bama's off his rocker. He's off his rocker completely. And he does not care. He does not care. Um, you know, Swaggy P is man too, so he just went all the way. Yeah, you know, that Bama's funny dude. But Ocho Cinco. He's not as reckless, but you know, if he doing, if he, if they make him a coach, you know, he's gonna be tweeting and all this other stuff. I mean, but if anybody can handle it, uh, I feel like uh, what's his name could handle it. What's his name? Uh, Hugh Jackson. Yeah, I feel like he could, he could handle, he could handle uh, Ocho. Ocho is compliant if he, if he know the rules. But I'm glad he's not trying to like make a comeback and play on the league. Well, I mean. Yeah, nah, he, he he finished. I mean, his last chance, he, like he tried to go, was with the Patriots. So, uh, I mean, like you said, I don't see why you wouldn't like if if he can if he can do all of the and have all the discipline that you know you need from a coach. Uh, as far as all the obviously being there for all the meetings and everything like that, if he truly wants to do it, then I mean, I don't see what it would hurt. And I think he was good for the league. Like, a lot of people complain because you have them old curmudgeons that want to say, oh, he's hot dogging and yada, yada, yada about me. But I think he was good for the league. And uh, that one incident was standing. I don't think any of the issues that people had with him was out of him being malicious or anything like that. Right. Yeah, nah, definitely. I, I Definitely. I mean, the thing is, they're still showing his highlights and stuff today like they're showing all the the hot dog and all the stuff he did i mean as entertainment value to the fans to sell nfl so i i just don't you know what i'm saying why would you put it like a black shadow or try like you know that's something you're using to help promote your league <laughs> <laughs> oh man dog. so last thing man draymond green he out here gets hemmed up for assault what did he do huh i heard he smacked the fan That sounds like some Charles Barkley type stuff. That sounds like some, some Raekwon the Chef type. Nah, it's definitely Barkley's. Son. Remember that time he got tossed the bam out the window through the through the, uh, through the restaurant? Like, how you, how you go so hard when you got throw a fan out the window, though? It, it was the 90s. Great time. It's the 90s. It's the 90s. I was watching one of them. Uh, you ever watched the basketball game on, um, what's the, the NBA Classic jump? Yo, son, they used to be all out brawls on the court, like wrecking. No suspicion. They, they were 
no suspensions. No ejections. They would break the joint up. Referees, players would break the joint up, and then they would do like a five-minute timeout, and then Babs would be back on the floor, and they would get a ball right back to the Babs that was just fighting. Like, he would be trying to post them up. I'm like, what is this, dog? Like, what happened to the NBA? It's crazy. It I don't even jump to dancing with the stars. This joint right. used to be American Gladiator out here. Right, right. And the crazy thing is, like, I mean, I don't even think that if they, you know, didn't have the rules the way they are now, I don't even, I, I don't think that the players will fight. You, you wouldn't see fights like that. I mean, all everybody too cool. So even if the, Plus, the rules were the old old school rules, I don't really think you have the type of physicality or the fights that you had. Nah, no. Plus they back then, Bama's knew not who not to fight too. They was like, oh nah, I ain't messing with that Bama. Like they do a little faking and they would just, you know, Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, the Bama's just look over the shoulder like, well, what you say? Then they be like, you know, they give him like, man, you got it dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be even less of the shenanigans because, for example, you take one of those like pump fakers who like to try to bait people like Draymond Green, all of, like kicking people in the nads and all that kind of stuff. Like, if you know somebody can go upside your head and not get suspended, I guarantee you all that kicking people in the private part and all that like foolishness will stop because you know, like, that's the thing that stops people mm-hmm. a lot of times from doing stupid stuff because you know it's consequences. In right. the NBA, it's no consequences for the person initiating the BS ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good old NBA, though. Good old NBA. Um, like I said, next week we probably we're gonna talk some some uh, fantasy football coming up. We uh by the end of this week we'll know if Kirk Cousins got a contract or not, which I don't it doesn't look like he's gonna get one because they ain't said nothing. And I'm glad, young. I was clap I'm don't get this bad, but no bread till he earn it. Till he earn it. Because, it, I mean, it don't hurt you either way. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to have to pay him, then you just pay him after he's deserving of the payment. Don't pay him before, because if he goes out that joint and he lays an egg, which we going to find, the first the first five weeks of the season going to tell us all that we need to know. Everything we need to know. The first game is the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The second game is the... Um, Dallas Cowboys. The third game is the Browns, I think. And then I think the fourth game is the Giants or somebody like that. You got it up, Aaron? No, I just think you flipped the uh, Giants and Browns. I think the Browns is the fourth week. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but we're going to know first five weeks if he worth the money or not. If we getting W's, especially if we win that Monday night game versus the Steelers, Bruh, Bama's going to be talking Super Bowl and talking all crazy. It's going to be out of control, dog. Here's the thing, man. I got us going back-to-back division champs. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Like, I'm, I'm calling out, it right now. I haven't put no bread out there yet. <laughs> don't put, don't put no bread out there. That that joke gonna mold. Oh, oh, you. That joke gonna get some mold on it. Like don't how, do that, how I'm gonna be betting? How I'm gonna be betting to get with other skins fans? Aaron, you ain't right for that, dog. Trying to take. Hey, <laughs> right, like, no. Yeah. I only go by the facts. <laughs> I don't let like, like no allegiances or anything influence hey, anything but, when it got to do with the money. Nah, but real talk, though, like, before we get off here, let me ask you this. I know you ready to throw money out, but what makes you think that we can't? If Kirk Cousins is as good as people think he is with the, all the offensive weapons that we have, 
Like, we probably haven't had this many offensive weapons in. Ever. Yeah, I don't know how long. Since Westbrook and Albert Connell and Stephen <laughs> Davis. Like, right. So, so my thing is, and then the defense, you know, we, we got some help there, and, and the guys are still improving. Like, Breland will be even better. He already want to be treated as the man. We got Norman. Like, what makes you think that we can't do it? Like, why is it so definitive to you that you would just, like, go ahead and throw that bread out there? Let me ask you that. I don't think it's a can't. I just bet the numbers. I think the percentage is low of Kirk Cousins being able to to match the, uh, his performance the last, what was it, eight games of last year. And they still haven't beat a winning team with him as quarterback. So, like, everybody else is sold on it. I'm sold on what I've seen from him, not necessarily what happened with the team. Because if Tony well, Romo... Think about it, though. And, and I'm not saying you're wrong because you're right. We all know he hasn't beaten the team with a winning record. But he did play the way he played last year. He like did that. make the playoffs. He like did that. win the division. Like, you don't think his confidence will be booming. This is his third year in the system under Gruden. Look. And coming off the season he had with all the weapons we have on offense. But, like, No, I agree with what you're saying and why you're, like, uh, optimistic about it. But I don't think confidence is his issue or the issue. Like, I don't think he can be more confident than he was at the end of last year. I don't think that's, like, possible. His limitations are, like, the decisions he makes when there's pressure. So it doesn't matter what the weapons are. He could be playing with Randy Moss, T.O., and everybody else. What's <laughs> going to happen when the defensive coordinators put together the game plan to either get pressure on him or to make him throw the ball downfield first and not, like, check down, check down, check down, then start throwing behind people? You know what I mean? Because Jay Gruden loves the passing game. And if it's, you know what I mean? He's going to basically try to abandon the run as far as I see it. Like nothing I've seen with him calling plays, even in Cincinnati, tells me that they're going to be more balanced or that he's going to be a run first coach to basically help, you know what I mean? His quarterback get comfortable. I feel like he's high on Kirk Cousins like a lot of other people are. And they go come out trying to sling it around. And they should when you spend 30 plus million dollars at wide receiver. So to me, it's just basically set up for a six, seven max win season and Kirk Cousins to still have 15 to 20 interceptions. Now, I, now I, I, I'm, I'm a little in between the two. I think that it's very likely that he will not recreate the season that he had last last year in, in, in a statistical manner. I think that he will have the confidence coming in. But like I said, those first five games will di- dictate everything. Because if they, if after those first five games, if they have a winning record with Kirk Cousins, I think that you'll get more of the same. Like you'll get, his confidence will build as things go on. But if they lose those first five games and that, the, the, the criticism and Don't the scrutiny. They'll stay on five. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, it probably won't be that bad. But, but I'm saying a losing record after those first five, six games, right, 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 right. wherever way you want to cut it, you know, that will greatly impact how much confidence Kirk Cousins has. You know what I'm saying? Because once teams are, are able to neutralize the dink and dunk that they want to do, um, and if we don't have a running game again, if they don't, if they're not able to get a running game emerged out of that. That just does not bode well for Kirk Cousins. Not, I mean, not having last year, they caught him by they caught him by storm. They caught a lot of teams slipping. They played a lot of teams that were not as good as the Redskins. But this year, you know, it's, it's going to be. 
let me say this though, in fairness to to the Dink and Dunk, which we we all know that Kurt was, you know, I guess famous or infamous for, like, and I don't know whether that was just him or the play calls or what have you. During a lot of that time, we know how much time uh, uh, D Jack missed last year when he was Dinkin' and Dunk, Dinkin' and Dunkin'. So this year you got D Jack, and if Docs is as good as we all believe he is, and a lot of uh, scouts thought he was the number one uh, receiver uh, to come out this year, like as far as stretching the field, like you have both of them, and then you still have uh, uh, Jordan Reed, you know Crowder in the slot. You still got we still got Garcon. Remember that so, bum Andre Rock? And we no. had him, and listen, him. We, we picked up the wash uh, Vernon Davis. I mean, oh, yeah. the whole point is like listen. he gonna he gonna have the weapons to stretch the field. I, tonight. Listen, you're absolutely I right. Agree. This is the I best agree. team that the Redskins have filled it. As far as talent goes, I think maybe ever, especially on offense. Yeah, the pure I'm, I'm talent right ever. And then right. defense, they, you know what I mean? They made improvements, I think, in the areas that they had to. Like, an underrated thing on defense this year coming up is they were a little bit late um, with getting D'Angelo to the free safety last year. Once they made that move, that helped tremendously with the secondary and just plays getting made over the top. So I think D. Hall starting off the season at free safety it's going to help the defense a lot too. Just going in knowing that he's going to be the free safety. And then also the addition of Josh Norman. I feel like like the team is is hands down from a talent standpoint, one of the best teams that the Redskins have ever filled. So, I mean, yeah. I get you yeah, on that I, standpoint. He so basically has to mess so it up. It just, it just it sounds like to me, ultimately, that you two just think Curtis going to fold and that's what it all boils down to. Am I right? I don't think he's going to fold. I, I just don't, I don't know. And and, then, and that's why I don't want to give him no long-term contract because I'm unsure. I'm not, I'm not secure in my decision to say he is going to excel. You know what I'm saying? There were too many things that made me question if he was as good as people were saying he is. And so until I see that, like if he comes out this joint and we go toe to toe with the Steelers and we lose, you know what I'm saying? And he's out that joint cooking, and I feel like you know, then I, who knows? They might not even wait to the end of the season to go ahead and just give him the contract that he's looking for. I don't know, but we gonna and, see, and, man. And from my standpoint, like I feel like when people say he's gonna fold or it's like some like mental thing that he can't get over, I feel like that's an excuse for the way he plays. I just don't feel like he's that good. That's my standpoint on Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's that good. You're a bum. <laughs> and I understand the production he had last year. And you you can't dismiss that. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. I just don't think he's that good. Right, right. Nah, yeah, I mean, we we will find out. I mean, I'm with you, Harold. They shouldn't pay him within this next timeline. They should obviously wait until uh, at the end of next season. Or like you said, if he's cooked through 12 weeks or whenever, however yeah, long. Get him what he wants. Yeah. yeah, if, if it's if it, especially if he make it through the gauntlet of the season, it looks like we're gonna be the the uh, NFC's champs again. That's two years back to back. Yeah, go ahead, give him the bread, dog. You know what I'm saying? But we in that zone six and ten, scratching our heads. I don't want to hear no excuse. Well, uh, you know, such and such got hurt, and then you know this, blah blah. Nah, bro. Nah, sixty million uh, contract, two years. Like you know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> If, if they go six and ten this year, I want Jay Gruden and Kirk Cousins out of here. You can't do that. You can't go six and ten after the moves you pull. 
This is exactly what you wanted. You got the quarterback you wanted, and he just gave you a roster with more talent than any roster you ever had in Cincinnati or Tampa or wherever you were. You cannot go six and ten with the roster they put together. You heard heard it here first. You heard it here first. BLK Sports 980. They can't go six and ten. Aaron calling for their heads. The guillotine going to drop. Man, we, 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 man, we've been rapping on here for a minute. Uh, to the people, follow us at BLK Sports 980. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, this was the this the socially conscious episode. Um, check us out, share us. We're on Google Play, iTunes. Uh, you can even email us at BLK Sports 980 at gmail.com. Uh, Next week, we get the whole fan back. Shaq and and D be back with us. Uh, That's it, man. We out. Shut up! Give me a turn to speak! Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about... Let me speak! How does that feel? How does that feel?